Is this thing on? Yes, it is. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to your source for solace. I am Sawyer Talegdi. And I'm Amanda Shimoon. I am the owner of the Shred Shop Wellness Complex here in Windsor. And Amanda is my trusty sidekick. <laughs> Together, we are going to help ladies everywhere find their confidence, courage, understand all the different types of attractiveness and how to harness your own. Uh, we will teach you and help bring out your most assertive self. We'll help you understand your own value uh, and truly, truly start to feel some serious self-worth and absolutely help you find solace, which is just a fancy word for inner peace. So if you're down to ride that train, buckle up and let's go. Do it. That's what she said. What you sound like when you're picking your nails? When I'm eating my fingernails, when I chew them oh, off, when I God. chew them raw, just like a little squirrel. Like, did you guys miss us? Hello, everybody. We're back. Your favorite duo Hello. is here. Is here. What are we going to talk about today? What we're going to talk about today is something that I'm hearing a lot of. So, lockdowns ended. Everybody came back with a vengeance mm -hmm. to their workouts, which mm -hmm. has been fantastic. The drive, the motivation, right? I mean, we were all in it. We're all carrying around a little something, something that we weren't two years back. Yeah. Um, now, we've all been working out like crazy. And I'm hearing some members, you know, or not even our members specifically, but like people in the community and people at other gyms or just people on the street, you know, my workout, I, I'm still staying consistent. I'm eating the same foods. I'm working out consistently, but I'm plateaued. Yeah. I'm plateauing, right? And... That is just not an acceptable answer. No, we're six months into you being consistent and committed to your workout and healthy lifestyle routine. So we need to set you guys straight. Exactly. So I wanted to highlight some of the main reasons why people plateau. Because it's not, it, it, it is a, a normal thing. It is a, an, a regular occurrence, right? We're always preaching how your body is a fine-tuned machine. It should be operating as a well-oiled machine. Yeah. It is also very easily adaptable, mm -hmm. right? So anytime you change a habit, eventually the body gets on board. Well, guess what? You work on your feet all day. You come and you work out and you get your workout. Your body adapts to that. Yeah. So you need to be constantly. I mean, we address it more on like a quarterly basis because, I mean, on average, gener if I'm speaking generically, it takes 90 days to breed a habit. Yeah. Okay? That's, a, that's common knowledge. 90 days to breed a habit. So if you're you know, um, starting new on a nutrition plan or you're changing, you know, your sleep patterns, uh, you're trying to remind yourself to take supplements. It really takes 90 days of consistent behavior change before it's second nature. Yes. Like I walk around with my supplement case and every time before I eat, I put something in my mouth that's a supplement that I need to fuel my body or repair or recover or treat whatever, right? My water, Sometimes people can't remember to drink two liters of water every single day. It takes them weeks upon months to make it a priority, to remember to track it, to put the water in the bottle, to bring the bottle everywhere they go. Like these are just normal things. It takes time. You're busy. 
you got kids, you've got a job, you're always on the go, your brain is stimulated thinking about more important things than your health and fitness. Yeah. So that's why it takes such a long time. That's why when we run 30-day challenges and when we run these composition, body composition, accountability challenges, we're not promising you that you're going to be a different human in 30 days. We're promising you that this is a starting point for you to take it from here. Yeah, it's been six months since we capped off our consistency challenge for the month of May and the people that joined four months, us. Four months. It's only July, baby. Weeks. Okay. Understood. I was like, six months? Get it. Six, six weeks, weeks, yes, since six the weeks. end of May. So we have all of June, all, okay, that makes more sense to yeah, me. Yeah, and uh, the people that joined us and took on the challenge to remain consistent for a full 30 days are still to this day noticing changes with their body, and their body has still continued to progress towards their goals, and that's because they've made the commitment of continuing the habits that they created for themselves uh, six weeks ago. Yep. And they're still only halfway through their 90-day period. Right. Now, what happens when you do feel that plateau? What that plateau? What happens, you know, when the scale's not moving anymore? When the inches aren't dropping anymore? Yeah. Okay. Where it gets frustrating. I mean, if you're honest with yourself and you go, well, yeah, I mean, it's summertime. I'm traveling. I'm going on more vacations. Mm-hmm. The weekends, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. I don't care what I eat or drink on the weekends. It's patio I'm, season. Right? I'm being social with my friends. I miss this. You just, you have to remind yourself of that, right? If these were things you weren't doing two years ago because we were locked in and it was easier for you to stay on track, it's attractive to now go out and be social, go to concerts, go on vacations, hang out. But you have to be mindful that that is going to affect your progress in a negative way. And there's nothing wrong with that. No one's sitting here at this table. Amanda and I are not telling you to not go out and live your life and be fulfilled. But you can't come to us and say, I'm plateauing when you're doing whatever you want two days out of the week. Because that's not a plateau. That's you instilling negative habits now. And they're contradicting your positive habits. You need to find the balance. Right? And let's break that weekend down a little bit. The weekend goes something like this. Friday night, you end work. You have a glass of wine, a couple beers, whatever. Saturday morning, you have a nice breakfast with the family. You do your thing. Saturday night, you have a couple more drinks. You hang out. You're at the pool. You're at the patio. You're at restaurants. You're at a concert. You're doing whatever you want. That leads into Sunday morning again. Maybe we're hungover and dehydrated. Are we drinking enough water the next day to flush it all out? Likely not. What are we eating? What are we eating the next day because we don't feel the greatest? Uh So when you say your weekend, now that's kind of like two and a half days when you (laughs) count Friday night out of seven. So now, you know, we have three quarters of the week spent doing and eating whatever we want with no repercussion. Well, there is a repercussion. And for those of you who have done nutrition with us in the past and who have had a weigh-in on a Monday or a Tuesday... Why is the scale number up? Why is your water percentage through the roof? Because that shit just doesn't disappear. (laughs) Literally. Preach. That shit stays in your system, right? I don't just eat my lunch and then poop out my lunch. I eat my lunch and I probably poop out my lunch 24, maybe to 30 hours later. Mm -hmm. The next day, it Mm -hmm. resurfaces. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about that. If all weekend long, up until Sunday night, you're enjoying yourself, your body is not going to show a true reflection of what it looked like Friday morning until maybe Tuesday. Depends on what your body is doing, depends on what your metabolism is like, depends on how quickly your bowels move or how much water you're drinking to flush. It could be Wednesday. 
So then, okay, on Monday, Tuesday, even though we're eating properly, our body is still detoxing and pushing out all the sodium and all the alcohol and everything from the weekend. Mm -hmm. So it's not until Wednesday where you're now back to where you should be from a scale perspective or an inches perspective or a bloating perspective. Yeah. So then we go, we stay consistent Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, 0.5 day. And we're back. And it's Friday night. So what you think is your weekend is actually affecting you Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. When you flip that, you're actually following and making progress two and a half days out of the week. Okay, that's why. Break it down. Yeah, that's why if you follow any sort of nutritional planning, it's a meal. It's a flex meal. It's a couple beers or a couple glasses of wine. It's one day. And it's usually not even the whole day unless you're extremely restricted throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Then we do like a proper refeed. Yeah. But your refeed isn't cheeseburgers and pizza. Your refeed is more higher carbohydrated, healthy carbs, healthy essential fats versus greasy, grimy deep fried plus alcohol so just be mindful when you come and you say i'm plateauing it needs to be a plateau it needs to be you are working around the clock a hundred percent of the time towards your fitness goal and you're starting to see less results so before you come after anyone or you start getting mad at yourself or defeated with your progress or throwing in the towel there's no point First of all, look at what your week consists of and look at how many days of the week you're genuinely eating clean, following a healthy lifestyle versus the days that you aren't and then take into consideration how long it takes to flush out of the system. Now, if you are genuinely trying and you're plateauing, let's give you some reasons as to why that might happen and try to provide solutions. Calories are too high, right? We already know if you want to be in a deficit, you have, I'm sorry, if you want to lose weight, And by weight, I mean body fat, because losing weight on a scale does not always mean it's only fat. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of people who lose body fat, and because they're gaining muscle and water, they don't change on the scale. They look like a totally different person. I said it once, I said it 50 times, and I will say it another million before I'm dead. It is very possible to lose body fat and to lose thickness, to lose inches, to lose proportion. Like, to you know what I'm saying? What am I... To volume, volume, that's the word. It is very possible to become a smaller human being without becoming a lighter human being. Yes. That is how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to replace body fat with muscle tissue so that the body fat has a harder time coming back because now your body is full of muscle and muscle and fat do not coexist at a huge rate. You never see an obese person who's carrying the same amount of body fat as they are muscle tissue. It's more fat than muscle. Yeah. Not equal parts. And you'll never see a bodybuilder that has equal parts muscle and body fat. One overshines the other. So we want to have more muscle. Muscle's heavier. The scale's going to get heavier. How much heavier is muscle? Just give everyone a refresher. Muscle compared to fat pound for pound. Yeah, that's a great question. So on average, the density of fat is 0.9 grams right mm-hmm. okay if we're going like on a, on a milliliter base mm-hmm. so if i was holding fat um a milliliter of fat is going to weigh 0.9 grams mm-hmm. we're talking density mm-hmm. versus the density of muscle for that same milliliter is going to weigh 1.1 grams 
Okay. So it's like 0.2, 0.3 grams heavier. Yep. And that's milliliters. So if you want to put that on, I mean, someone do the math because I'm not going to pull my calculator on the podcast. Pull that into liters. Pull that into pounds. Yeah. Right? If I'm, I mean, granted a pound for pound, if you're holding a pound of fat, it's obviously going to weigh the same as a pound of muscle because that's the weight of it. But if you were to look at it in your hand, density wise, you would have so much more fat in your hand to make that pound than you would have in your, if you had muscle. Yeah. The mass is different. The mass is different. So if you're looking at it, right? Like let's say um, I was trying to fill a volume. I was trying to fill a bucket with fat, right? I would have to put way less pounds of fat, toss them all into a bucket to fill that bucket, Mm -hmm. to make it full, right? Right to the top. Meanwhile, if I wanted to to have the same equal amount of muscle, I would put much, I would have to put more, like I would be able to fit more muscle in a bucket, pound for pound, than I could fit fat because fat is always going to appear larger. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's why I, I, I can I can be as lean as possible, and you know, with fifteen percent body fat, I'm weighing one hundred and sixty pounds, versus someone you know who has forty percent body fat can weigh the same amount as me, but look completely. Our different. bodies are completely different, and we weigh the same on the scale, right? So that's just to break that down. So the, the moral of the story is, it is very possible to lose inches and to lose fat without the scale changing, okay? So your calories, these calories, you need to be in a deficit. If you're eating too many calories versus how many you're burning, of course your body's not gonna change. Yeah. Right, so that's just something you need to be aware of. Eating willy-nilly and not actually tracking. And I'm not suggesting that we all sit down with my fitness pal and we can't sit down to a meal without our phones out. And you just need to get a general idea. You need to spend one day, and I preach this all the time, one fucking day. Google every time. Put all your food out on the counter that you plan to eat and take the 30 minutes and put all of that information into the internet. You know, how many calories and whatever, 6, 8, 12 ounces of chicken, how much you're eating throughout the whole day. Okay, put that calorie down on a piece of paper. How many calories in, you know, four pounds of vegetables that you're going to eat that day? Write down that. Put down, you know, every single thing, my yogurt, my fruit. Break it up and Google will support that. And even if it's not completely accurate, if you're doing, of course, I'm going to suggest that you sit down with our nutritionist and get it and let her do it for you. But if that's not where you're at, if you're financially not in a position or you just don't want to be held accountable to anyone because you're not that serious about it, you just want a basic piece of information Take one day and really look at what you eat. Yeah. Get that knowledge under your belt. And then, okay, well, am I active enough? Am I burning that many calories in my day-to-day routine? Am I burning that many calories when I go to the gym? Okay, so either you need to be eating less or you need to be working out more so the calorie intake is a little bit lower. Yeah. Now, on the other side of that, you could be plateauing if your calories are too low. Mm -hmm. And we've done multiple podcasts where we've talked about, you know, your brain doesn't know you're not stuck under an avalanche. I always say that. It doesn't know that you're not struggling to survive and it's going to hold. It's fight or flight. If you're not feeding it enough, you're not going to lose any weight because your body is starved and it's going to hold on to the fat it needs. It's going to hold on to um, the the calories it needs and it's never going to let go. So you need to be in a position where you're eating and fueling what you're doing. You have enough calories in your system to be satiated, to recover the muscles, to have your brain function, to keep the blood pumping. You need enough in your system to handle that. 
but you also need to not be starving yourself. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why I like one consultation with a nutritionist to at least get the understanding. If you're not willing to do it alone, you need to reach out. Okay, so if your calories are too high, you're not seeing change. If your calories are too low, you're not seeing change. Now, the workout. The workout needs to change, right? So all of our members generally don't plateau. I mean, nutrition aside, you got 23 hours in a day to fuck that up. Yeah. You're only with us for an hour. <laughs> 45 minutes, right? So you have 23 hours unaccounted for. So if <clears throat> if you're working out alone, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not a Shred Shop member, you need to provide some versatility into your workouts, right? We will do a conditioning day, high calories, high sweat, detox, get all that out of your system. But it's not every day like that. Mm-mm. Then we're doing slower longer tempo, longer reps, heavier weights. We're constantly changing up the time in our programming. One day you're working for 45 seconds. The next day it's Tabata, 20 on, 10 off. The next day it's an AMRAP where you're constantly working for six to seven minutes with no recovery, but then you get a longer rest, right? We're always switching up our tempo because we understand the science between muscle confusion and how important that is right? Yeah. And why some days you're a little bit sore than others because you had a different experience in the gym. Yeah. And that's our job. The reason why our style of training is taking off is because no one has to think about that when they come here. They don't have to worry that the programming and what they're doing in the gym isn't going to get them to where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Every single member sees progress, whether it's endurance is, is better, whether their energy is up, whether their strength has changed, right? Those are all trackable measures. Those are all things that are worth tracking in addition to what your body is looking like. Okay? So if you're alone and you don't have a facility where you're training, where they're programming for you to make sure the body is getting shocked and the muscles are being confused enough to promote change, then that's definitely something that needs to be taken into consideration. If you're going in, putzing around, doing the same five moves for the same five body parts every single day, 100% your body's going to plateau. Absolutely. If you're steady state cardio, walking on a treadmill for an hour and a half every single day with no interval work, nothing changing, nothing pushing, of course your body is not going to change. You're going to eventually, in the beginning, if you're doing nothing to that, of course you'll see change. But over time, and again, it's usually that 90-day period, that three-month, that quarter check-in, by three months, your body is ready for something more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the fourth one, recovery, folks. Your body needs to rest. Your body needs to recover. Don't be afraid of rest days. It's okay to put your feet up on the couch for a few hours and relax. Lots of water going in. Your supplementation. Your mindfulness. Right. You, you're stretching. I mean, we we brought yoga into our facility for a reason. Members are loving it. The ones that are coming consistently to our yoga, our deep stretch classes, our yin stretch classes, our beginner level classes. The ones that are coming to that consistently are the ones that are getting stronger. Yeah. Because their body is recovering. Their muscles are recovering faster. Um, and and for that reason, they're able to push harder every time they're in here. They're able to. Yeah. Their mobility changes, mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. range of motion and certain movements changes. Well, think about it, right? Like if you're limited, if your calves are tight and your ankles are tight and your hips are tight and you're not able, like we'll use a squat for an example, yeah. you're not able to get super low or deep into that squat. You're only ever getting a certain range. So yeah. every time, it doesn't matter how much weight, eventually, again, your body will plateau. You know, week one, I grab a 25-pound dumbbell for a goblet squat. Week two, I grab a 35-pound dumbbell squat. Okay. Week four, week five, once you've maxed out on the load, right? Like, it's great to get stronger, but your bones and your joints also need to be able to take that heavy load. 
And if they're unable to take that load after a certain point, you will max out on your strength. Absolutely. And You're, then other body parts will start overcompensating other exactly. muscle groups. And then so, so what's the alternative? Okay, if I'm if I'm structurally not ready to add more weight, the answer is not always just go heavier, go heavier. We never breed that. We encourage and we push and we always want to make sure our clients are working as hard as they can, but we know their limitations. So if they get to a point where they cannot structurally lift heavier, well, there's your plateau. Now what? We need to get deeper. We need to bring that butt lower so that the muscles are being stretched and then they're having to drive out of a deeper squat, mm-hmm. which is now pushing through that plateau. But unless you're doing at-home recovery and you're stretching, I mean, we do five-minute cool-downs and mobility stretches at the end of every class, but it's five minutes. It's meant to drop your heart rate down. It's meant to encourage your recovery. It's not meant to be the only thing you do for recovery, especially if you're someone that's in here five to six days a week. That seventh day needs to be rest or needs to be stretch, right? Your, your body sends you signals. When your body is tired, when your muscles have completely fatigued and your body is telling you to slow down, listen to it, take the time needed. Now, that doesn't mean that you just plop on the couch for two whole days, cause that's not gonna help your recovery, but some steady state cardio, taking your dog out for a walk, or if you don't have a dog, just going for yourself taking a lap around the block or going for a 20 minute walk, mm-hmm. a bike ride or something. Or even a night like heat, right? Yeah. A nice long bath, a nice hot shower and stretch in that bath. Reach for your toes, bend your knees in the shower, you know, bend over, reach for your toes, do a couple squats in the shower. If you've got a heating pad, we always, always, always suggest, you know, heat, 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 heat on your body, even when it's not sore. Even when it's not tight, don't wait until you're injured to apply heat. I put a heating pad on my low back every single night. I move it around. I put it on my legs. Um, I have compression stockings and I put my legs in those at night, even when I'm not sore, because I always want to simulate my body moving. And even when I know I need to rest, if you warm up the body parts, the blood will circulate better. And if the blood is circulating, guess what? It simulates like when your blood is circulating in class. Yes. Okay, so don't underestimate. I mean, we use Medi-Sticks. We use BioFreeze. Those are just topical treatments, but it feels nice. You know, it increases the blood flow on, on the top of the skin, which eventually will manipulate its way down into the muscle. So just make sure that you're taking your at-home care and your recovery as something that is necessi- necessary and something that you need to be doing mm-hmm. because it will help you push through plateau. Yeah. Right? If you give yourself some rest, you come back stronger. Mm-hmm. And when you're stronger, you work harder. And when you work harder, you burn more calories. And when you burn more calories, you lose more weight, lose more fat. And you get to your goal. Exactly. And the last one is all of the other poor health habits that we embody. Some of them are outside of your control, but never underestimate your hormones. But boom. Yeah. Your stress levels, your sleep patterns, right? If you're a terrible sleeper, what are we doing about that? Are you snoring? Do you need a sleep apnea machine? Do you need to meditate before bed? Do you actually need to be someone who turns off the freaking screen and doesn't scroll on your phone right before you go to bed? Who doesn't fall asleep with the television on? Are you eating sweets before bed? Guess what happens when you crave that sugar where we all crave it at night? That's when it tastes the best. But if you eat it too close to bedtime, your insulin levels spike. Mm-hmm. You wake up at 1 a.m., you wake up at 2 a.m., and your body's ready to go. Yeah. I'm awake for the day. No, you're not. But because the sugar has now digested and processed in your system, it's giving you energy. Yeah. It's giving you energy at the wrong time of the day, 
Hey, I know I, I would never advocate for having a chocolate bar at eight in the morning. Fuck, man. It would be better to have a chocolate bar at eight in the morning. This is totally going to, this is totally going to come back oh to me. Oh my God. I'm never going to hear the end of this. Just say. But I'm only talking about your sleep. Okay. To have a bowl of ice cream at 10 p.m. will wake you up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. It will. To have a bowl of ice cream at 8 a.m. will give you energy come noon. Right? So it's it's not that I'm saying I'm condoning eating shitty foods and sweets in the morning, but if we're talking about your sleep patterns, you need to understand how powerful that is and how awful that is to eat right at night. It would al- almost better benefit you to eat in the day. Absolutely. Because at least you'd be awake and you'd be putting that energy to use. And we won't even talk about the uh, crash that's going to follow the energy you get from processed sugars. And that's exactly right. That's a right. whole different story. That's exactly right. Okay. So, and when I also talk about those poor health habits, like if your stress is high or your schedule is tight and you don't make coming and being consistent with your goals a priority, of course, that is going to affect you too. Yeah. If your time management is poor and you're all of a sudden for this week, for next week, you can only make it into the gym one time a week, two times a week versus the five that you're used to, yes, you will plateau because now you've reduced your frequency. You've reduced the amount of calories that you're burning each week, each day, each month. That is all going to add up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these are just our few mindful things to remember. If you feel like you're plateauing, if you're at a position in your life where you're trying your best and things aren't changing, you, we are here. We are here to answer these questions in person. Take a look and really evaluate and think about the areas of opportunity. We mentioned five here today. Think about how those are going in your life and if they're contributing to your plateau. Past that, we have a nutritionist on site Mm -hmm. for all of your nutrition questions. Mm -hmm. We also have a yoga room with classes running daily. You cut yourself in. You ask us how I can be a part of this. You ask for a sample session, and we book you in. That's why we're called the Wellness Complex, guys. It's overall wellness, friends. We try and get every single thing that you need to be the best version of yourself. Exactly. All right. I hope you guys have a wonderful Friday. Thanks for tuning in and listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Ciao.